Hello, everyone. Back here for another episode of Beyond the Whistle. Late one tonight. Uh, we stayed up for you guys to make sure you have all the updated action. Uh, we're recording after the Boston Carolina Game 4. Another update here for the NHL playoffs. I'm Dylan Pescatore along here with Austin Platt. As usual, hopefully you listened to our last episode that we gave you after Game 1 of all these series. Now we're between a Game 4, Game 5 for most of these series. We're going to start over in the West this time. Uh, we're going to start with the Vegas Golden Knights and Chicago Blackhawks. Vegas up 3-0. Chicago pulls out a 2-1 win, though, Austin. They came out firing. They got that empty netter at the end that made it 3-1 at the end. Chicago, they came to live another day. Do you think they have a chance to push it to game six? Absolutely not, to be completely honest. I think they're just going to come out. They relied on Corey Crawford on an unbelievable game. He's the only reason why they're in the bubble. But to be honest, you know, you, you said it perfectly last time. I didn't stay up for many of these games. These seeding games have been perfect for me, given the fact I don't stay up there for the Western Conference. The Vegas Golden Knights are for real. That first line, you know, you look down for a second, you look back up, and they're just all over the ice in a good way, getting the puck, getting shots on net, and making Corey Crawford make every single save that mattered down in the end. I mean, Vegas has really only had one bad period, which is period two in game two, and they Gave up like three goals in that game. The Blackhawks need to rely on Corey Crawford. I think this series could be over in a heartbeat. Corey Crawford's the only reason why they are still in Edmonton. That goaltender did show up in game four, and he stole one for him. You know, he's still got a few more superstars on that team that really haven't shown up yet. Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane really hasn't gone off, gone off in this series. It's mostly been the young guys, Strom, Doc for Chicago. Do you think Patrick Kane can show up, maybe steal a game, maybe Corey Crawford? You really think they can't put you to six? No, not at all. Patrick Kane, I mean, he's done everything he, he can, but I mean, hey, this team is old. They're, they're a little bit washed, and I think they got to rebuild and hit the reset button. The Vegas Golden Knights, they are here to stay. Vegas, very deep team. They'll play game five tomorrow night. Today is the 17th, so they'll play on the 18th Tuesday night for game five. We'll see if they can close it out. Our next series is Colorado and Arizona, and today was not the easiest game to watch. Austin, Colorado won 7-1 to one against Arizona in their game four of their series going up three to one in that one really just a pumping by Colorado Arizona stood no chance and just tell me how deep Colorado is tell me how good that team is I mean Colorado is so so good right when I would want to give Arizona credit for you know figuring out a way to score against a tough Colorado defense they are so talented in the fact that you know Miko Rantanen and co Nathan McKinnon who hasn't even been you know on top top of his game so far they are so deep, and they are so good in this Western Conference. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I would be shocked if it's not the top two seeds, Vegas and Colorado in the Western Conference Finals. Colorado, they got to remain physical, continue to score early and often. Seven to one, I think, explains a lot in this series. Hey, Arizona found a way to get past the D, relying on the veterans. They got and the block shocks. They blocked 27 in game three in that win. But, hey, seven to one. This series is over. Kiss this one goodbye. Arizona did not look good. They did not look confident in their game either, especially after going down 3-0 after that first period. It was a tough one for them. It seems like they'll be going home after game five, which they'll be playing on Wednesday night. Our next series is one that actually is pretty close. We have Calgary and Dallas. They're tied up at two apiece, and their game five will be Tuesday night. Uh, both teams have really shared the, the series a lot. Game one, Calgary. Game two, Dallas. Game three, Calgary. Now game four went to Dallas. After that crazy game, Pavelski tied it up with about 10 seconds left. And then Radulov won it in OT. Pavelski had that hat trick in that game. It's really been an up and down series for both teams. Teams have really found their footing. Dallas figured out how to score again. What are you seeing from these two teams? 
This has been a really, really good series. And the Dallas Stars figure out, finally figure out a way to play hockey and score goals. Scored five in both of these wins. Didn't really have much success in the round robin or in the other two games that they lost. And they lost, pardon me. But, hey, Joe Pavelski with the hat trick. Radulov, Corey Perry. This team nearly had two goals chalked off in the final couple of seconds due to offsides and goalie interference and whatnot. But, hey, they are right there. But the Calgary Flames are also right there. They have to hold on to the puck. They gave up 60 shots in that last game. And despite the fact they scored a couple of goals shorthanded, they got to play better defensively. You can't give up five goals, even in this high-powered offense bubble where, you know, teams are scoring left and right. Yeah, and Calgary really hasn't looked the same ever since they lost Matthew Kachuk, their star player. He lost him to injury after a tough collision with Corey Perry in Game 3. Game 4, they didn't look right, and now they have to go into a Game 5 tied at 2. Something that's really looked forward to me is that Dallas has a great two-set of goalies. They have Ben Bishop and Anton Hudobin, who have played great. Ben Bishop is just unfit to play for this series. But tell me how important it is for a team like Dallas, especially in this situation where their number one goalie isn't ready to go, he's hurt. We don't know the reason why, but he's just unfit to play. And who Dublin's really stepping up to play. I mean, it's big. Hey, in the bubble, 2020 has been the year of unexpected. you got to be ready to slide right in there. You know, obviously, your team is going to score a lot of goals when they are at their best, which is a great thing if you're a goaltender to, you know, ease that pressure a little bit. Maybe there's a little bit of a nerves going on. But, hey, you got to slide right in there when you get you know, veteran and Bishop who's unfit to play. I don't know why everyone's suddenly unfit to play now. No one wants to give any details. I guess no one wants to give the other team that boost. But, hey, you got to slide in. you got to make the saves. And, hey, even if you give up four goals allowed, it's going to get you a win. That's all that matters. The dub is all that matters in the playoffs. You're right. And Hudobin started almost half the games for this, for this team, so they know how to play in front, of, in front of them. He'll be starting game five against Cam Talbot for that one in that great series that we've been watching. Our last series in the West, game four is happening right now on our TVs. We'll be watching right after we record this episode. But it's Vancouver and St. Louis. Vancouver went up 2-0 to zero in the first two games. Looked dominant. Bo Hor Horvat with a great OT winner in game two. He looked getting good in game three, too. But St. Louis pulled it out in overtime. Braden Shen getting the winner in that one. Is that the goal that's going to spark this team to really look like they did last year? Yeah, for sure, Dylan. I mean, this is this team, I, I have it right here in my notes. The St. Louis Blues just have to, you know, put themselves in their skates from last year's underdogs. Obviously, last year, January 31st, they were the bottom of the league, and obviously that great comeback story all, story all the way to win the Cup in Game 7 against Boston. That's exactly what they have to do. I think, you know, this whole round robin, the, the lockdown didn't help them. The fact that they get back out there, struggled, didn't look that great, didn't even – couldn't even win a game, which is why they're the four seed and have to match up against the five seed Vancouver Canucks, who really don't get enough credit. Bull Horvat is really all I have here in all caps. That's really all you need to know about him. Elias Pedersen, I mentioned him in the last episode as well. Their power play, I mean, you got to keep, you got to stay five on five if you're the St. Louis Blues. You can't have them scoring left and right. They've scored like five, six power play goals in this series alone, let alone obviously in the qualifying round as, as well. This series is a lot closer than it looks. You've had two OT games. One of them, obviously, one by each. The Blues are right back in this series. They're playing right now. Vancouver's got a power play right I'm watching right now. So, hey, they probably might score. Just, just in the future, if this, when this goes out, if they score, that's on me. I will take credit for that. But, hey, this series is going to be great. I would love to see a game seven between these great teams. And something that came up in game three, you know, in the first two games, Jordan Bennington, the Blues goalie, didn't look right. And they started Jake Allen there back up in game three. He played great. He made the stops when he needed to, only gave up two goals. And they won that game. Now they turn around. They have game four tonight. So back-to-back -back games, they're going to start Allen once again. 
And really, Austin, I mean, if they lose this one, it's a toss-up between Bennington and Allen, especially losing your starting goalie. And it's not like the star situation where each goalie really had an equal amount of starts. Jake Allen was the backup. Bennington was the starter. It's not like Allen had, Allen had that many starts this year. He might have started a few back-to-backs or something like that, but he didn't really get much experience this year. What does that tell you to the team? Well, obviously, when you have a great goalie in Bennington and led a team to a Stanley Cup, it shows a lot for a coach to put him on the bench for one game but and then sit him again. Obviously, you know, when a backup goalie wins, you want to put him in again. But if they lose tonight, then I think you got to go back to Bennington, got to go back to your winning ways. It's not easy for a great goaltender who led you to a Stanley Cup to sit on the bench for two straight games and see a team potentially lose one of them. you got to go with the vet, the guy who's given you that ring. Not going to be easy. But, hey, imagine if they win tonight. That'll be an even bigger question to see who they put in. Would you sit Bennington for three games in a row? That's definitely a good question. Got to go with the hot hand. I think I'd go with Allen. We're going to see how he performs tonight uh, after we record this episode. But that's one of another great series after Calgary and Dallas. Vancouver and St. Louis, we thought St. Louis would just roll over the young guns. They're saying no, and they're starting to step up to these guys. Let's go over to the Eastern Conference where we have Philly and Montreal, the one and eight seed matchup where doesn't seem like a one eight seed matchup. You know, Philly took game one, but then they looked horrible in game two. They lost five to nothing. Their goalie, Carter Hart, another rookie, he came in. He got pulled in the second period after giving up four goals. Montreal just dominated. And then Philly pulled out a really close one to zero in game three. They got the win. Game four is tomorrow, Tuesday. What are we thinking about this series? You know, it's been up and down each game. The other team, each team really hasn't found their footing yet. No, not at all. Especially when you get two tight one goal games then you got a five nothing five nothing blowout you really can't decipher kind of who's the better team and who has the upper hand I would much rather be in the Canadians camp however much rather be in that locker room you're winning that game five zero you lose two tight one goal games where you have chances to win both of them obviously Jacob Voracek had that winner in the second period I mean hey the Flyers they know it based on these all three of these games it's going to be close they can't count their chickens before they hatch this series is going to be tight down to the wire they got to stay physical that's the name of the game for the Flyers and for the Habs you really got to take advantage of every opportunity you get you can't give the puck away too many turnovers and hey when you get that chance you got to score this team does not get many opportunities they have to do just that against a Flyers team that is hot obviously they were really really good before the lockdown Got that one seed in the round robin. This is going to be a really good 1A matchup. Don't let the seeds fool you. Absolutely. This is not an eight-seeded team. This is a Canadian team that could do some damage, especially with Carey Price in net. He's given up two goals max in this series per game. Two goals in game one, zero in game two, and now one in game three. You know that he's going to lock down the other team. It's just about that Montreal offense. Can they get something going? You look at Max Domi. You look at Thomas Tatar. They scored in game two. They got to keep it consistent. They got to get more goals from their forwards and their top six if they want to win this series. We'll see what they can do in game four on Tuesday night. But goals are the name of the game for Montreal because they know that they're not letting up that, that many, especially with Carey Price in net. Let's go to our next series in the East, game four against Tampa. And Columbus was today. And Tampa pulled out a very close 2-1 win. They just played like Tampa Bay hockey. It wasn't even their first line or second line. It was a third line. Barkley, Goodrow, Blake Coleman, Yanni Gord with a great game today. They scored both of the goals for, for Tampa Bay. Columbus poured one with Cam Atkinson in the second period on the 4-4 four four, uh, situation. But Tampa was just too much. And now they go up 3-1 in this series. We thought Columbus really had more fight. But I think that five-overtime game one really took the energy out of them. What do you think? 
Yeah, for sure. And even though they looked really good in game two, it's great to get that bounce back. Five overtimes, that is not easy. You know, whatever, whichever side you're on, no one wants to see you go into five overtimes. Obviously, I bet you might see a change with playoff hockey. Maybe in three overtimes, you get four on four or something like that just to limit those, those really long games, especially how many games these guys have played with the restart. And obviously with the qualifying round, you've had to add those games in. Anyways, I'm rambling, but Columbus found a way to rebound. The light, but the Lightning have showed why they are the better team, obviously. Had the most points in the league last year, lost to Columbus 4-0. More depth, and they're poised to certainly reverse that result from last year. And the fact that Columbus a couple games ago had 17 shots on goal in the whole game, that's not going to win you many hockey games. you got to get to the goal. you got to get shots on goal. Columbus is going to put up a fight. We know that five overtimes isn't, isn't going to mean much. They came back and won that game. Let's see if they can win game five. You know, Tampa Bay, it's always a question of, is it their year? Is it their year? They usually make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, and then they lose. It's every single time. Maybe this is their year. They have the pieces. They bring in Blake Coleman. They bring in Barkley Goodrow. They bring in Pat Maroon in the offseason. Some toughness. They bring in Zach Bogosian on the back end. Vasilevsky is still playing very well, and really, they don't have Stamkos. We don't know the status with him. If he's coming back, if he's not, he is in the bubble, so he's available to play whenever he is on 100%. But Tampa Bay is up 3-1 in the series. They're looking to close it out Wednesday at noon when they play game five. I know that boys in Columbus and John Tortorella is going to have his team ready to play. So I don't think Columbus is going to roll over. That's not the type of team they are. Let's go to our other series in the East. It's Boston and Carolina, the 4-5 matchup. that just finished up just now in a disastrous game for Carolina. They're up 2-0. Goals from Justin Williams, Jordan Martinuk. They were up 2-0 after two, and then they just collapsed, Austin. Third period was all Boston. They scored four goals. Final score was four to three. But Boston, at one time in the fourth period, in the f- third period, sorry, four goals, three period, they had 15 shots to zero. That's nuts. And they won four to three. What do you see from Boston in that third period? Just dominant. Very, very good hockey. It's not easy, obviously, for a Boston team that learned, you know, no David Pasternak, who obviously was celebrating after that game one victory. And then Tuka Rask decided to opt out, cited some family reasons. So it's not easy when you're top goaltender, you get the most points, President's Trophy, kind of with the shortened season. You got that, and then your top goalie goes. But Yarl Halak, obviously, Dylan, you're kind of an Islanders fan. I don't know what the heck you are, Devils, Islanders. Pick one or the other. But Halak has been really good in the past for the Islanders in the playoff. Stepped in, played really good. And I'm telling you, the first line for this team, even without Pasternak, can be so, so good. Bergeron had that nice breakaway goal. Carolina rebounded very well in game two, but you can't give up that many goals. You can't rely too much on those second and on, the, on that first line. And obviously, no Svechnikov due to an injury really hurt that team. And now it's going to be tough for them to rebound, obviously, up 2-0. You lose a double overtime game as well. I don't, I don't know. If, I think this could be the end for Carolina. They might be out. And it's just a killer for Carolina. They're up 2-0. They're looking to tie this series up. And I think this really comes into play with the no fans. You know, I think if Carolina's up 2-0, they're at home. And in game four, they would be the home team in their arena in Raleigh. I think their fans would just go crazy. They'd be ready to go, ready to play a full 20 with no fans in the crowd. It's just momentum swings back and forth. That goal by Jake DeBrusque when Reimer came out. DeBrusque made a really good play to put that in the net. 2-1, to one, and then Clifton scored a few minutes later, and it was just all downhill from Carolina just there. Their system broke. They didn't play their defensive structure, and they couldn't get any shots on net. No offense in the third period, and you can't just hang along and hope James Reimer makes all the saves in the third period. That's not the type of team they are. And they lose this one down 3-1. They'll play game five on Wednesday, and we'll see if they can keep their season going. I don't think they will. We'll see if Pasternak is back, and we'll see if Boston can keep going. Our last series will be the Islanders against the Capitals, a series that really no one expected. 
the Capitals, they won this Stanley Cup two years ago, lost to Carolina last year in the first round in seven games. Now it looks like they're going to be gone in four games. The Islanders have just played their system. They've played the Barry Trotz way, a team that Barry Trotz knows the most is the Capitals. He coached them to the Stanley Cup a few years ago. And they're just, they, they have all the answers for the Capitals. What are you seeing from the Islanders in this series, Austin? The Islanders have been so, so good. And it's a random fan. It pains me to say that, but hey, this team is for real. The only thing they have to do is just stay out of the penalty box. But the team is so balanced. They use every single line. You look in the box score and every single name, they're doing something on the ice. I'm pretty sure Nick Letty has like a plus seven so far in the postseason. That's just absurd. I mean, come on now. The Islanders are a really deep team. They match up very well against the Capitals. They played some really good games in the regular season. And to be honest, I think people shouldn't be as surprised as they probably are. The fact that it's 3-0 and it could end tomorrow night. Caps got to make a change in goal. I think, I mean, the Blues did it. I mean, they got to win. They might get another one now. Still 0-0 as I'm watching. But they got to get rid of them. You can't. Holtby, awful year in the regular season. Three-month break. Clearly didn't do anything. They got to play better five-on-five hockey as well. There's some real question marks for the Capitals in, in, the, in the Capitals. And really, Braden Holpe, he didn't have the best season. He's going to be a free agent in the offseason. But their backup, Ilya Sansonov, he is actually hurt. So they brought in a rookie from the minors, the AHL, the Hershey team, uh, to play a backup goalie role. He has never played in the NHL, so I think they just got to stick with Holpe for game four. He has not looked right. The team has not looked right. You got to bring up some names. Jacob Vrana, Kuznetsov did score a goal in game three. He had a nice snipe on the power play. He hasn't looked himself. Oshie really hasn't looked himself since game one. Really, Ovechkin, he's doing all he can. But that's just a one-line hockey team. You brought up the depth with the Islanders. They run a four-line system where it's not like they depend on one line for all the scoring like the Bruins do with Patrice Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasternak, where they're just rolling those guys out for 22 minutes. This is a team that really equals out the times, and it doesn't let anyone get tired. They can roll out four lines the entire game, and especially in a one-goal game, maybe at the end of the third period, a coach shrinks his bench to six players. That's not what the Islanders do. They trust all their players, all four lines, all three defensive pairs. And that's just the team they are. They win the first three games. Matt Barzell with an insane overtime winner in that game three. He had a great um, attentiveness to keep his foot on side and scored that winner on Holpe. It passed John Carlson as well, a Norris candidate. Capitals have not looked themselves. They'll play game four on Tuesday night. We'll see if they can keep their season alive. Doesn't look good for the Capitals. We looked to see if the Islanders can sweep. We haven't had a sweep yet in this postseason. We'll see if the Islanders can be the first team to do so. They also swept the Penguins last year uh, in the first round, and then they got swept by the Carolina Panthers. So we'll see if they can reverse that a little bit of history. But that's all eight series after game four and a few, game, f- game three and a few. And we'll update you today is Monday. We'll be back on Thursday to give you guys another update, except if we have some crazy updates to give you. It's been Dylan Pescatore and Austin Platt with another NHL playoff update. Thank you for sports being back, and thank you for everyone listening.